This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth managers who go above and beyond to guide and support you. CanDo is more than just an attitude. It's navigating today for a brighter tomorrow. Visit CanDoWealth.com. Hello and welcome to Coffeehouse Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Natasha Froze and I'm joined by Isabel Hardman and James Heal. Well, Labour has been embroiled in another anti-Semitism row over the weekend to do with the Labour candidate for the by-election in Rochdale. James, what happened? So this is the candidacy of Avazar Ali, who was selected um, only 10 days after the death of Tony Lloyd last month, 27th of January, um, to represent this seat in Rochdale. And over the weekend, uh, the Mail on Sunday has reported that back after his selection at the end of last year, in the aftermath of the 7th of October attacks, he suggested that Israel had given the green light for these attacks uh, and that effectively Israel had okayed an attack on their own citizens. Obviously, it's caused a huge outcry right now. Labour can't replace their candidate because of the deadline such. Um, the big row at the moment is whether Labour should effectively disown their candidate, make it clear that he doesn't have their party backing, uh, that if he was elected, he would not sit as a Labour MP and they would fight. They would put someone else in that seat to come the general election, or whether what they do now, their current strategy, is condemning his comments, making clear that he got this wrong, he himself has apologised, but also continuing to do activities with him, campaign with him. So the story broke Saturday night in the mail on Sunday, and then Sunday morning, Lisa Nandy was photographed at an event together doing um, an appearance, uh, pre-scheduled commitment. But of course it does mean that we are now in parliamentary recess, it's quite a quiet time, you're going to have endless questions uh, particularly those directed by the Conservatives at Labour throughout the next few days. So I think a perfect encapsulation of that was this morning when Nick Thomas-Simmons went on LBC, was asked repeatedly with these anti-Semitic comments. He eventually said, yes, they were anti-Semitic comments. They were a conspiracy theory. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're still going to back him because that's when the Rochdale by-election, he, he's their only candidate. And of course, the, the, the problem is for Labour right now, they're, they're caught between the disastrous and the unpalatable. And it seems, I think, from the view of Keir Starmer, is the more disastrous option would be to have George Galloway, who's fighting that seat, be elected instead of a Labour candidate. Um, so for right now, the Labour Party are backing their candidate, uh, but they're facing a lot of questions about his comments, especially when Keir Starmer has been, first of all, so hardline on any candidates that's deviated from the official line on Gaza, witness Andy MacDonald and Kate Ossimer, uh, and second of all, when he's made anti-Semitism and tackling anti-Semitism really the hallmark of his leadership and the thing he wants voters to judge him on. And Isabel, do you think this is just an, sort of paving the way for more challenges ahead? Obviously, Labour have a, the Muslim vote is about 30%. Yeah, and I think it's something that is, I guess, galvanising some Labour figures at the moment to, to keep going with this, is that George Galloway is standing in this by-election and... Uh, it's not just that they want to uh, keep Labour holding the seat, they also want to keep George Galloway out of Parliament. And I think that's a, a, a major factor um, for even those who've been absolutely appalled that this happened. But I think it, it goes back to, James made the point that, you know, obviously Kirstam has made tackling um, anti-Semitism one of the key uh, points of his leadership so far. He talks about it at every Prime Minister's questions. He says, I changed the Labour Party. And I think this shows that while he you know, has managed to do that by and large in the parliamentary party, by being able to show zero tolerance, actually, when you get out into uh, the Labour Party at large in the country, it's a different matter because these remarks 
were made. I, I, you know, initially I thought, oh, they must have been made online until I read the story. And then I was really surprised that they were made at a local party meeting, uh, a meeting of the Lancashire Labour Party. And I think that's what's really telling. Two things. One is that they were made at this party meeting and no one challenged him at the time. Um, and or if they did, they didn't challenge him enough to the point that um, he didn't, He then didn't become the candidate. Um, and, you know, as as we all know, in Westminster, there were other candidates uh, standing uh, for, for Labour, chief among them, uh, Paul War, um, who um, who's well known in, in, in this part of the world. Um, and also in Rochdale. Um, and so it wasn't as though he was the only guy, the only game in town, um, but they still selected him. And I think that says a huge amount about the state of the Labour Party out in the country, that you, you either have a sort of, you know, you have a sort of acceptance of these uh, of these views, basically, until the National Party uh, gets involved. Um, and I think it also says quite a lot about the, the, the sort of candidate vetting operation as well. Um but you have certainly a selectorate that is comfortable with those views. Um, and that, you know, that does say a lot about the reach of Keir Starmer's change of the party. And it is really difficult for the Labour leadership because you are going to have quite a lot of activists in certain parts of the country. And, you know, this guy is the, the leader of the council. He's not a random campaigner who just turned up and happened to get selected. He's, you know, in a very respected position already. You're going to have a lot of activists and councillors who hold these kinds of views, who clearly aren't being challenged um, and who clearly, even despite the sort of utterances from the National Party, think that the Labour Party is still the right place for them to be. And so, you know, the Conservatives can say, well, it's only skin deep, this change. Labour within the party has to take a step back and say, well, how are we going to deal with this? Because, that, you know, realistically, they're not going to boot all of these people out. They obviously can't suspend their candidate. But, you know, what do they do with him once, once he gets into Parliament, if he gets into Parliament? And, you know, what do you do about the other activists? How do you change a party across the country where there is, you know, a lot of cultural sensitivity involved here as well. And, and I think that's that's the real challenge for, for Keir Starmer here. Elsewhere in Westminster, James, last week was quite a challenging week for Rishi Sunak and it looks like this week will bring on a whole other mountain of other challenges. What's ahead? So it's three different fronts of Rishi Sunak. Uh, there's the legislative front, then the economic front and the political front. Uh, first of all, he's got the Rwanda bill currently going through the Lords. That's the earlier start of the week. Then in the middle of the week, we're expecting economic news coming out, potentially about an increase in inflation or also a potential recession as well. And then on Friday morning, we will wake up to hear the results of those two big by-elections, Kingswood and Wellingborough as well. And uh, it's, I think, fair to say there has been a less than active operation to get Tory MPs out in either of those seats, uh, which perhaps tells you something about how, uh, you know, much the the conservatives feel they can challenge and actually win those seats. I think the Kingswood by election is is an is a sort of novel one in that you know the seats going to be abolished in a few months. The Tory candidate is basically running a single issue campaign to stop housing and focusing very much in a similar way to um, the the mid beds by election, where there's a lot of green literature and writing about like protect our green belt, quite a sort of core vote strategy. Uh, and then obviously Wellingborough will be uh, interesting. As well, I, I do think it's going to be another difficult week for Sunak, but part some of the heat will go out of it because it's parliamentary recess in the House of Commons right now, um, and we. But we, I think at a time when 
we want to see more about what his message is in terms of back to square one, it's going to be quite difficult if you constantly have these dilemmas and debates around whether the plan is actually working and simply saying this is why we need to stick to the plan isn't going to nullify those critics within the party if you're going backwards on the economy and being seen to fail to resonate with voters out there in the country as well and the Lord potentially also throwing up some sticking points in the Rwanda bill. I mean I think you know this is last week wasn't supposed to be the difficult week for Rishi Sunak um this week was in the diary as the difficult week um, and you know that's that's well previewed in in Katie's uh, politics column in, in the magazine that's out at the moment and I think one of the the flashpoints for Wellingborough is going to be how well reform do um, and what that does to the mental state of the wider parliamentary party and um, because to be frank you have a lot of conservative MPs who are just looking for a, any excuse to cause more trouble um, and you have a number of factions who are working against Rishi Sunak, who will say, you know, we are looking for a change of direction. And then you say, well, yeah, but Rishi Sunak's changed direction quite a lot recently. Do you really think that's going to cut it with voters? And they say, no, and we don't really think that anyway. Um, what we want is a change of leader. Um, and so any small piece of evidence they have, and a by-election is, is never a small piece of evidence, um, to allow them to, to push that uh, agenda um, will be seized upon. Thank you, Isabel. Thank you, James. And thanks for listening.